You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello, 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 Davey Portman here from Up Next, postwrestling.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcast Addict, Spotify, wherever you find us. This, my friends, is Deep Impact, where we talk all about Impact Wrestling, but that's that's quite a job to do, guys, let's be real, especially with this Fire and Flavor Fest. I can't go through this all on my own. I need a friend, I need a colleague, I need a partner. I need a Mr. Andrew Thompson. Andrew, how are you today? Davey, gl- glad to be back. We, 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 we got this thing, Deep Impact, got the ball rolling on it. Glad to be here, man. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to uh, dissect some Impact Wrestling, a particular segment, uh, a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I um, Impact never fails to kind of get some buzz for the wrong reasons. And I, I think tonight might have been one of those things. And... Um, I think a few people were probably glad that they uh, didn't get an invite to that fire and flavor fest. Um, but before we go into all of that, Andrew, how have you been? I've been doing real good, man. Doing uh pretty good. Uh, I put out an interview today, uh, and I'm very very proud of that interview with with, with Lee Moriarty. It was a solid one. Got a lot, got some decent feedback on that. So you know that that's, that's you know it's been, it's been a pretty good day, man. Pretty good day. Awesome. Um, and you have uh, that came out on the site today on your yes. YouTube. Yeah, it's Perfect. on the YouTube and on the post wrestling site. And give us a little plug. Come on, let's get the plugs in early this week. Yeah, uh, yeah, where yeah. can we find <laughs> this interview, Andrew? What's your yeah, you, YouTube? You can catch it on the Andrew Thompson interviews YouTube channel, man. Perfect. And you've been putting in the in the sessions at that mind gym for your WWE trivia in prep for this Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, man, I'm gonna go ahead and admit this now. I've watched one Royal Rumble in total in, pre- in, in preparation for this, so I am graciously getting ready to take my L. But I am going to take it with my head, with my head held high. 
you, Andrew, 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 you have changed your tone. You have, you've been talking about <laughs> running the gauntlet. I'll enter at number one and I'll finish this up next rumble. Yes, you heard correct. We are doing an up next rumble this Thursday. It's a trivia game with 30 competitors to win the up next rumble and go on to WrestleMania to challenge Braden for the title. But Andrew, <laughs> you've been talking so much smack over the last few weeks. And then, hold on, hold on. Hold and on, then I get a little wait. message today going, oh, uh, uh, I don't, it, it, life's, life's too hard right now. I don't think I can come in at number one. I'm going I'm to have to come in later. And now Time you're up. saying, now you're Time saying up. you just know you're going to take the L. Andrew, we're so close. Please don't be this defeated already. Please. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Look, now, now, now we got clear because Davey Portman just tried to try to put me on the spot. So now we got to really clear the air. <laughs> first, first of all, number one, I, I, I was genuinely, genuinely, genuinely thinking that this was going to be a very, a, a very, very good time. Right. This is what I thought. Right. It is going to be a good time. But see. I thought that I was going to have <laughs> a, a, enough enough time to spread out to watch, get a couple of Royal Rumbles in. I have not watched any Royal Rumble except for one, and that's in preparation for the Bush B and Thompson Wrestling Adventure podcast that drops on Thursday. Quick plug. And I was, I was literally legit the only Rumble Royal Rumble I'm watching, so I'm going in real blind. Uh, and then Davey, the, the, Davey just tried to pull, uh, pull, pull, pull the hat over you guys' heads. Uh, n- number one, look, man. The only reason I messaged Davey was because I told him that it's a slight possibility that I might be late to the up next game because I got to get the news <laughs> update up. Everybody knows how much work I put in these news updates, and sometimes it takes me a while to read over them. So I told him I might be just a little late, and if you don't want to hold me, if you want to hold the game up for me, then I, I, I'll gladly take a step back and enter <laughs> in at number three or number four. But you know what? I'm going to enter in at number one so I can go ahead and take my L because I know y'all going to ask me some bullshit from 1989 that I don't remember, which is like five years before I was born. I'm ready for the flute. I'm telling you, I see it coming. So I'm going to just take my L with my head held high. It's all good. We we know how, how hard you work. At, at any point you enter the rumble, you're going to get thrown out. It really doesn't matter. Uh, I'm not even in the thing, and I'm talking trash to you. Uh, sorry, what, what uh, Royal Rumble were you and Martin doing this week? Oh, are we doing uh, the, the 2002 Royal Rumble, the one that uh, Triple H won? Oh, yes. We, we watched that recently. If you follow our Twitch streams, twitch.tv forward slash podcast, we've recently been watching a bunch of them. But Andrew, never fear. This isn't just Royal Rumble questions. We are going to be getting into more sides of wrestling as well. Ah, so don't okay. you worry. <laughs> but now we've got those plugs out the way. Um, have you got any kind of impact news uh from the last week i mean i think last week we had the the big kind of news with ethan page um and his comments on the ethan page versus karate man uh match if you want to call it that we had taya valkyrie apparently having her write-off last week and then this week we see trey miguel who we thought had left uh impact wrestling but he seems to be back already now um as we're recording this, I don't think uh, we have too much information on this kind of, is it re-signing or whatever it is. It, it definitely did seem weird when he wasn't with the uh, the other rascals going to NXT. Um, what are your thoughts on this and uh, how do you feel about Trey Miguel back in Impact? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad to see uh, Trey in Impact. I think this was probably 
the best decision for him outside of AEW if that was an option. Like I felt like I feel like the the six man thing really wouldn't have worked in uh in WWE. I feel like uh Zach and Dez were probably the best option to, you know, head, head to NXT. But yeah, man, like the, the thing about this, you know, specifically this era of this COVID pandemic era of wrestling that we're in is that uh, you know, sometimes well mo- most of the time is uh spoilers really don't get leaked out or you know who's in the area and things of the sort so you know but i'm 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 glad that you know this this uh you know this note about trey mcgill uh being at the impact tapers didn't get out i really like it was a nice nice surprise to see him there and i'm I'm glad to see him in impact i think um i think me and you spoke about it on the on a previous uh previous impact show before it was dubbed uh deep impact uh, the, the the pre-deep impact days mm. uh, when, when we talked about uh, T- Tommy Dreamer had Trey Miguel on his podcast um, before but yeah right before the Rascals departed um, impact and he told the story of how um, they, they had Trey penciled in to win the impact world championship at the uh, at the tapings when they were crowned a new champion but uh, Trey had suffered a concussion so they you know they had to uh, make some adjustments but yeah man it, it's good to see Trey and impact man I'm, I'm glad that he's back you know, and, you know, it seems like he made the best option for himself. And, you know, I think a lot of people were kind of expecting all three rascals to be somewhere together. But, you know, it seems like he made the best decision for himself. Yeah, I none of us really know what what happened down in Florida, uh, in Orlando. <laughs> it seemed very odd when uh, Triple H was asked about it. And he said he said something about he wants committed people on his team or something like that. Read it as you will, but I actually think this is the right move for Trey. I think, I think Impact is a company that has a lot of talent, but kind of it lacks a bit of that star power at the top of their roster. They've they've got fine wrestlers, but I think Trey is someone who could break through and be a main eventer there. Whereas I see him in WWE kind of being slotted, maybe in the in the cruiserweight division, maybe, maybe be able to get kind of North American, but that's kind of the, the height I'd see him getting to at this point in a WWE. Whereas I think an impact, he can definitely have a, at least a feud for the title, if not be the champion himself. And AEW at this point is very crowded as well. So I actually think for Trey, this is probably a good move. If you want to call it that for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think this is the best the, the the best move for him. Just looking at it right now, I think you made some solid points with AEW being crowded, and I feel like they still got a lot of people that haven't been built up that they need to you know continue building up. And you know, as far as WWE goes, I feel like the the North American title scene was probably you know probably going to be the peak, uh, but you never know. But I, I think Impact is going to be a place where he could, could like, he's going to contend for the world title. I don't think that's even going to be a question. Mm. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, any other Impact news before we get into the review at all? Yeah, so uh, Matt Cardona, uh, also known, form- formerly known as Zack Ryder. We should not refer to him by his old name, but we're going to anyway. But yeah, he he, uh, he did an interview with uh, WrestleZone, and he confirmed that he is not under contract with Impact Wrestling, but he does see Impact Wrestling uh, in in his future for, you know, for the time being. So, you know, it, it's, we'll see where that goes, but it, it doesn't sound like one of those things where he's against signing with Impact. It just seems like one of those things where they just haven't, you know, really sorted out everything. And, you know, he probably still wants to test the waters a little bit to see what else is out there. So he's not in the contract, but picking up wins over contracted talent. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, it's um, it's a strange time because there isn't too much wrestling going on. It's it certainly there are a few more indie promotions popping up uh, here and there, but still, it it's not a typical year in wrestling. It seems like he's trying to do kind of the the Cody deal when Cody left, and he was just dipping his toe in all the ponds. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he was Impact, ROH, AEW. Well, Cardona's done AEW. I kind of see that's what he's perhaps doing until either this pandemic clears and maybe he can go back to WWE. Uh, I do see him kind of, I see him as someone who would have wanted to have been a lifer there, whatever his position is. And that's just my assumption, but Mm. it seems that way. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him trying some other promotions during this time as well. Uh, right, so that's the news. Uh, do you have anything else before we get into the show itself? Uh, I do not, but I do. I, I do have a segment that I wanted to pitch to our Davey Portman live on the air. Pitch hashtag, away. Hashtag Dreamer with the pen. Davey, <laughs> we are going to get into this after this first segment, but I'm going to let you take the reign, sir, please. Dreamer with the pin. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I see what you're getting at. We we can get into that as we get into the show. And I'm sure we, we need a Swingers Palace in here somewhere as well as another segment. Uh, all wonderful ideas. So Impact Wrestling, January 26th, 2021. Uh, the show opens and we have Matt Stryker who says, Welcome sports fans and welcome to Impact Wrestling. I don't know if this was something you picked up on today, but Matt Stryker calling this a sport was throughout the whole show. And I, I haven't noticed it on his previous weeks on commentary, but it, you, you know, in wrestling, as soon as something's said more than once that they're, they're trying to get it across. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just striking to me how much, uh, Matt Stryker was saying, this is a sport and in this great sport and welcome sports fans. Did you pick up on that at all, Andrew? I, I really didn't notice it until you said something, but I think that's a that's an interesting catch. Like maybe that's just them wanting to present impact as more of a you know sportsy type vibe. Maybe maybe that's the direction that they're probably treading uh, towards, uh, or maybe that's something to do with trying to uh, fit fit more aligned with the content that is presented on Access. Maybe like I don't I don't even know what's on Access to be honest with you, but like may, maybe that's like maybe that's the direction they're going. I think that's an interesting point that you uh, that you brought up and how you caught that though. And what else screams sport than the Fire and Flavor Fest, which we'll get to later. Ah. Um, So we have the world champion Rich Swan start the show. And he says that from a young age, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. I worked hard. I busted my tail off. And I dreamed that one day my hard work would pay off and I'll be a world heavyweight champion. As you can see, it paid off. And I am the Impact World Champion. And now that I am champion... I didn't realize the target I'd have on my back. People from every direction are fighting hard. And I have some business to attend to tonight. And I am going to call out Tommy Dreamer. So uh, Tommy Dreamer comes out looking a little nervous. And this was the second point where Matt Stryker says, Tommy Dreamer respects life as much as he respects this sport. Um, Rich Swan says... Look, Tommy, why are you looking so concerned? We're, we're boys, right? We're boys. Um, but I know it's your 50th birthday and you've done so much for this industry. So you've been an inspiration to me. You've helped me out so much. 
And February 13th, we have a little pay-per-view called No Surrender on Impact Plus. And I am going to defend the title against you, 50-year-old Tommy Dreamer. Um, so this is the new segment, Dreamer with the Pin. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did this, this happen? I was about to say, just, just, just so just so people can be clear, this is just a joke that me and David got because Tommy Dreamer is obviously on the Impact Creator team. And just, it's, just, it's just a joke. I don't want anybody to think like we over here targeting Tommy Dreamer or something because I mean, it's plenty of other people on the team. But still, but like this seems like a a, a Tommy Dreamer kind of thing. You can book book yourself a a world title match for your 50th birthday, which is actually his 50th birthday on the 13th at the uh, the no surrender the no surrender show. That's uh, right, the, right. The, the Impact Plus show. So yeah, man, uh, it's official. Tommy Dreamer versus Rich Swan for the Impact World Championship. Uh, I, 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 does this match um, intrigue you at all, Davey, or do you think the no? Do you think the real hook in for this show is the uh, private party versus uh, Good Brothers Impact Tag Title match? Like, I, do you have like not the slightest bit of interest in this uh, Rich Swan Tommy Dreamer Look, match? I. I think Tommy Dreamer is someone who's actually great on the mic. And I, I do see him being an asset to the company. And quite a few of his feuds he's had in the last year, he's actually got me invested due to the mic work. However, it's still a 50-year-old Tommy Dreamer. Look, I like Tommy Dreamer. But, like, I can't say I was the biggest fan of Dreamer in 1998, you know? Mm. Like, when he was on his run. It's... I find it very puzzling during... This time, and, and we kind of say this every week, this time when Impact has more eyes on them than they used to because of this AEW deal, I don't see how a Rich Swan Tommy Dreamer match is going to, like, sell tickets. I mean, I'm not saying you're selling tickets, but buy pay-per-views, yeah, you know? It's, yeah. And still, Rich Swan. I think Rich Swan is fantastic. But to a lot of people, he's still that guy from... 205 Live a few years ago, you know? Like, if you're new to Impact, that's what you're going to think. And to see headlining a, a pay-per-view as Rich Swan versus Tommy Dreamer, it, it almost seems like a heel move from Swan to me. Going, oh, I know Moose wants a title shot, but how about I give this 50-year-old a shot instead? Um, it, that, you want to know, know what? That, that's kind of like an interesting, like, Lord, you know, thing that can be tossed in there like i don't know if that's you know obviously that's the direction they, that they that they could go into but you know they could could they possibly be telling the story of rich one ducking moose maybe like could because i mean I, I know he guaranteed you know that moose is gonna get a shot at the uh at the impact world title but like could this be swan's way of trying to you know avoid that just a little bit because you know he took the l at, at hard to kill and moose is kind of like on a on, on, a, on a bit of a little, you know, somewhat hot streak as far as like, you know, his character goes and, you know, he kind of has a lot of momentum behind him. So I, I think that'd be a, a interesting little twist that they could take as far as like the Rich Swan character. But yeah, the, the Rich Swan Tommy Dreamer match, um, I, I don't think it's going, I don't think it's going to headline the No Surrender show. It shouldn't, it should mm. be the, the tag title match. But, um, like, I, I, I don't, you know, I, like, like, like you mentioned, you know, them having this AEW crossover, like, I think it, would have been very suitable to maybe have somebody else from AEW come and challenge Rishwan for the Impact World Title. Maybe they could have just done the Moose Rishwan match at you know No Surrender. But uh, nonetheless, Tommy Dreamer is getting his World Title shot on his fiftieth birthday. So happy early birthday to Tommy! I mean, if this is a way to kind of 
do maybe a double turn because I think a lot of us saw that that kind of babyface fire in Moose at that pay-per-view against uh, the Bullet Club. If it's a way to maybe do a double turn and then have kind of Moose as the babyface up against Omega, maybe. But I, I see this probably as just a bit of a match and then probably a Moose beat down on Dreamer at the end. Um, I, I just feel there's other guys on your roster that could maybe be in this position. But this is interrupted by Sammy Callahan, who comes out and says that Tommy once again is politicking his way into a big match and Swan embarrassed the company when he lost to Omega. Callahan admits, I lost that barbed wire mayhem match, but barbed wire massacre, but at least I didn't embarrass the company. Then Chris Bay comes out and says, well, hey. It's my 25th birthday. I'm younger. I'm Spriter. <laughs> I say we go at it once again. Round two, Bay versus Swan. And that's when Moose comes out holding the TNA World Heavyweight Championship and says that everyone is too scared to challenge for this title. Moose says that he won the championship opportunity um, when uh, Swan gave him the match at the I Quit match against Willie Mack. And he says, I, I demand my match. I should have the match. Why are you giving it to Tommy? Rich Swan says that last week I said I'd give you the match then and there and you didn't want it. You said it will be on your time. Well, now it's on my time. So at no surrender, it's Tommy Dreamer versus Rich, Rich Swan. And Moose, you can face me another time. This causes a brawl to break out. They're all attacking each other. Uh, Mac then runs out and starts hitting stunners uh, to everyone in these, uh, how would you describe these pants Mac was wearing? Quite the bold fashion statement here, I thought. Uh, a, a living legend. That's all I got to say. <laughs> the lights then go off with the Sammy Callahan hacking logo. And then Ken Shamrock shows up to make it four on three. And they destroy the baby faces. Also, Shamrock looked huge here. Has he grown? So, so you, hold on, wait, can you repeat that? You kind of cut out a little bit, just oh, a little so, bit. Sorry, I was saying how big Shamrock looked on his on his yeah. return here. He looked massive. So, so, Sham, Shamrock is one of these people that obviously uh, chooses not to age. So, I mean, to a chooses not to age in terms of, you know, making sure keep his physique, you know, keep everything, uh, you know, real, real. I don't even know, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. But yeah, Sham, Shamrock looked like he's grown. He, he looked very, very big standing in the ring here um, against these other guys. Um, I'll quickly go to the backstage segment before we kind of dissect this entire opening to impact. Hold, hold on, I was about to say, we, we got to mention that Chris Bay came out and called uh, Tommy Dreamer Grandpa Dream Dream. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that was me, but that, that, was, that was funny as hell to me. But like, no, no, so like not, not even like trying to uh, go, and go like even deeper into the Tommy Dreamer thing. But like when I saw all these people out here in this segment, I was like, Impact's like world title scene like re really isn't that bad like they really have like a solid like group of guys that can you know could be contenders for the world title and I, I've not seen uh you know Bay Chris Bay uh Willie Mack Moose Sammy Callahan out there I was like hmm yeah, that's a decent you know crop of guys right there that you can you know possibly put the world title on I think they do have good talent I my problem is still that this title doesn't seem feel prestigious at the moment and that's mainly due to the kind of 
Blanchard just giving it up and then Eddie Edwards having a little run and it kind of just hopped about for quite a bit of 2020. So um, it does need a bit more prestige before I'm going to take anyone seriously holding it. And that, again, why I'm not kind of... What, a Rich Swan win over Tommy Dreamer? I don't think anything does anything Mm. to build that title up. So we're backstage and we see Max Swan and Dreamer at the back and they demand a match right now. They want to see Scott Demore and they want a match immediately. Uh, Scott comes out of his office and says, look, I, I saw what happened there, but you guys seem a bit outnumbered. And... Tommy Dreamer and Swan are like, it doesn't matter, we'll, we'll find a partner. And Damore says, look, the mathematician Scott Steiner m- might not be here, but I have something that might be even better. And they all look into Scott's office and start cheering. But at this point, we don't know who's in there. So the, this opening segment, we've kind of gone over about um, like Tommy being in this position. Um, we've said about how kind of the the top of the card does they have some genuine contenders here for the world championship how did this hit you because i i thought this wasn't a bad opening to the show yeah it, it, it wasn't a you know bad open to the show i think it was you know okay well like go, I, I wanted to go back to the uh like when when they first teased uh if you don't mind like i just wanted to go back to the point where they uh when they first teased like who who it was going to be? Well, did, did you think uh, who was going to be the the mystery partner at the end of the night? Did you think it was going to be AEW talent? I I had no idea to be honest. Uh, I was probably just leaning towards that way, con- considering the kind of last few weeks we've had. Um, mm. But yeah, I was I was completely scratching my head who it could be because it didn't make sense for them to be so happy if it was an AEW talent, unless it was yeah, you're right an X Impact right. guy. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that like immediately when I when I saw them get all excited, I was like, maybe it could be an a, an AEW guy, and like maybe they just were you know happy to have somebody that was like maybe extremely talented that they all knew was you know of a high caliber in 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 ring style, and then like well no like when you kind of just made your point like they probably wouldn't be happier with somebody from AEW, so that that you know that does kind of make sense. I mean, with it being Impact, I was expecting to be disappointed. <laughs> As soon as like, this, oh, we got a mystery partner tonight. Oh, it's it's going to be crazy, Steve, isn't it? Right, it's going to be Rhino. Yeah. Um. So I I was quite happy with who it ended up being, and did and did actually surprise me, which we'll get into later on. Uh. So this match is set for the main event tonight. We go forwards and we see Matt Cardona and Josh Alexander teaming up to take on Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Um, Josh Alexander sporting slightly different gear to normal. He was normally in kind of the black, red and white with the north. He's in more blue and white now, uh, still with the singlet. Um, however, he hasn't changed his music. And I kind of feel I kind of feel this should have been the reset for him. New music, new attire, new everything. Seeing that Ethan Page is no longer with the company and he is partnerless. Um, mm-hmm. Unless the Matt Cardona thing is uh, gonna last much longer, which it doesn't sound like. So Cardona hits a flapjack and clothesline, sending Ace Austin to the outside. Josh Alexander then backdrops Cardona over the top rope onto Fulton and Austin, taking them out. After the commercials, we see Fulton and Austin having complete control of Alexander. They hit an assisted draping uh, like leg drop across the throats of Josh, uh, Josh Alexander. 
Fulton goes for the pin, which Cardona breaks up. And then Cardona comes in with the hot tag, taking out everyone. And at one point, Fulton actually grabs Austin and pulls him over to his corner to tag himself back in. And Cardona was just in the middle of the ring, sort of watching this happen. It it kind of got a little sloppy towards the end here for me. Um, Alexander then just enters the ring legally, and the ref is doing nothing to try and stop them. Uh, commentary are going, oh, the ref's doing all he can, but ref really just kind of yelling, and just everyone's in the ring doing their own thing. Cardona is then popped up by Ace Austin, but he lands into a rough rider on Fulton to pick up the win. So Josh Alexander, Matt Cardona, pin Ace Austin and Madman Fulton in 11 minutes, 20 seconds. Um, thoughts, Andrew? You, you, you want to know what? I actually did like this match. I felt like it had a good pace to it. Like, and I think this was like a good, you know, a good thing to kind of o- open your show with. But like, again, uh, you, I did want to bring this up, but you had already uh, mentioned it. I was thinking like, should... Like, as I saw Josh Alexander make his interest, I was like, should they have changed his his interest music? Like, at, at least, like, not saying he had to go full, full fledged, like, change everything about him, but, like, maybe switch up, you know, the, the North's interest music. But, I mean, man, maybe that'll come, you know, in the next couple of weeks. But, like, uh, again, with the Cardona thing, like, I don't have in, you know, I, I, don't, I think I got a problem with him being an impact. Like, yeah, nothing to do with that. But, like, Hit, like knowing, like knowing that he's not signed, I, I just don't like the the idea of him pinning your contracted talent. You know what I'm saying? And and I understand, yeah. like with, with, with this going on, with even with the um the the AEW uh impact thing, when I don't want to be like hypocritical because I you know Pirate Party they picked up and went over Chris Saban and they're not signed, but like that that I, I'm just, like that's in, that's in the within the confines of the current business relationship that's going on right now. So I think you could kind of excuse that. Maybe, well, it depends on however you look at it. But like, I, I think this should end. And I, I know uh, me, you, and Nate said this on a hard to kill uh, post show. I, I think this the, the only way for this to end with Cardona is for Ace Austin to get the win over him. I, I feel like that's the only way to you know to really you know he already got the win over Madman Fulton. So I think it's only right for Ace Austin to get his win over Cardona uh, later in the future. It's got to. But then there's the part of me where I see them trying to appease to to Cardona to hopefully get him to sign that to contract sign. and be on yeah. board and say, like, Hey, we'll give you wins. <clears throat> and, but we've seen this with impact before. Like it just cause we're giving you wins. Hell, we could give you a title. It doesn't mean you're going to stick around. Um, this match didn't do a whole lot for me, to be honest. I, I like Ace Austin and I like Josh Alexander and a lot. Um, Matt Cardona hasn't really done anything to kind of, change up his act i'm not seeing any different side of him at all he looks to me like zack Ryder. he's wrestling like zack Ryder. um there he's not screaming off the page to me and i i feel if you come out of a system like wwe for so where you've been for so long you kind of need to change up something whether it be your attire your your hair your moveset whatever it it just seems very zack Ryder to me and yeah. the energy just felt a bit off um, it, this didn't do a whole lot for me, to be honest. Like he, I, I think, as far as like your your uh, like your your thought process, as far as him, you know, just always appearing as Zack Ryder. Like if that makes sense. Like I, I, I think it's just him being in that system for so long, dude. Like he will always 
like forever be attached to WWE just because, you know, the whole YouTube show and, you know, mm-hmm. just like j- just sticking around there for so long when, you know, I'm pretty sure he had opportunities to leave. But like he was just, you know, that was his dream. That's what he wanted to do when he was a kid was go to WWE and he made it and he was there for so long. And I feel like him being stuck in the same position for so long in the company, like it it it, it, it did him damage. Like I, I think we kind of see the the difference between him and you know uh, somebody like John Moxley and and then the thing is like with Mox he was able to reach the highest point at WWE and be a world champion you know what I'm saying and I think that kind of helped him as far as his transition out of, of you know being there for quite some time was because he had reached that upper echelon of success in the company so it was able to you know kind of it was easier for him to kind of detach that you know, that WWE persona and then kind of, you know, transforming the what he was or his name name wise uh but prior to he, when he got to the company. But with Cardona it was just like like he's just always been WWE. So I think it's gonna be extremely hard for him to kind of shake that. I completely agree. I mean you look at someone like Mox who was had quite the career on the indies before WWE. So he had to learn that WWE style, whereas it, it feels like Zack Ryder Matt Cardona has only ever had that style so it's it it just it just doesn't really work for me um I can't see it getting much bigger than this I I can't really see apart from the name and having been in WWE I can't really see the value unfortunately in a Matt Cardona unless he makes some changes I also found it I'm still trying to get used to watching Josh Alexander as a baby face It, it was very odd just watching him kind of sell the beatdown for so long I almost felt like Cardona, even though he's the bigger guy, he should be the one getting beaten down to really give Josh Alexander that hot tag and and help babyface him because it 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 seems very sudden they're flipping that switch with him to make him a babyface. With, with, with Josh Alexander, I feel like somewhere down the line, Impact is going to make him like in an um like an enforcer from somebody. Like, I, I can definitely see that happening for. Josh Alexander. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, but I feel like that's like that. that that's kind of one of his strong points is being the you know the big mean guy who looks very imposing in the background. Mm. But I but but like, like me and you talked about it last week, like when we seen him cut that promo, he can do it. Like he can be yeah. You know you, he can be taken very seriously as far as the promos goes, and he can be you know very forceful on the microphone. So like they, they I I just think maybe they just need to you know just do the simple stuff as far as like just detaching him completely from the north. And, you know, making sure that he's established as a singles talent. But, you know, him getting thrown right back into the mix with Cardone and the tag team, you know, I don't think that kind of, it probably just went to high start that, you know, Alexander Nee going into his singles run. We go to Rohit Raju, who's backstage talking to um, someone. We don't know who. We just kind of see the back of them, a bit Mm. of their shoulder. Rohit says that all those hurdles, TJP, keep putting in my way. I'm jumping over them. And then next week, when I win the non-title match, I will get a championship match and regain my X Division championship. And then he says to this mystery person, you're going to help me and be right there with me as we are top of the mountain looking down. Can I count on you? The road to redemption is here. Let's take back what belongs to me. Any theories who this guy might be, who Rohit's talking to? Man... Like I, so I I had one, one guy in my mind that I think that this possibly could be, and 
I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm looking up the guy's name right now because I, I really want to remember his name. But I know that he's been uh, with, with Rohit in um, in the AAW promotion. Um, I think his name is Karam. Okay. He, yeah, he 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 worked with uh with Rohit on the independent scene. Um, and they, it's basically like the same thing. Uh, that you was like he he's Rohit's heavy, right? Big, like real like real tall dude, strong dude, and he looks like he's just like he, he's like um. Like you, like you know, any any big man, small man combo with 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 a with a smaller guy is like talking all the trash, and then you got the big guy who's you know putting in the work, and I th- I think that could be you know the person that that's uh that Rohit is referring to, but like I, do you think that uh, this is going ahead to um this is heading to uh Rohit versus TJP at the uh, at the No Surrender show and Rohit possibly winning the title back? I assume so. Uh, I kind of want to see the title back on Rohit. I, th- I think he's a really entertaining champion and has actually had some pretty decent matches. Um, so if you have a heavy with him, uh, Sino in the in the Twitch room is suggesting it's Mahabali Shira, who is mm. who is an Indian professional wrestler currently signed to Impact, and again looks That's looks a like a bit of a big man. Um, this was clearly a big dude that Rohit was talking to, and it will be. I think it will add to his character to have a bit of a a heavy with him. Um, so, yeah, I, either guy sounds like the right move. Um, so you see Rohit getting this title back as well. Oh yeah, I definitely think it's going to be time. It's, it's time to put the title back. I don't know why they took the title off him in the first place, but I mean, I, I think because I, I just think he was having like such a solid run as X Division champion. Like I just thought they should have just kept it going. But I, I definitely think he's going to uh, end up regaining it from from uh manic because uh he will forever be manic as, as matt striker said on commentary it's still manic <laughs> we go to a paid ad from aw we see tony khan and tony shivani and khan says to tony i missed you during last week's paid ad and i really care for you i care about pro wrestling and the fans and that's why i've made dynamite the number one destination for wrestling fans and he says, this is a game for me. It's my own fantasy league. And week one of me showing up on Impact and we're already number one contenders. I was in the zone. Matt Hardy was in the zone. Jerry Lynn was in the zone. And now mm-hmm. Private Party are in the zone and they're number one contenders to take on the Good Brothers. Then they run down tomorrow night's Dynamite. We have Britt Baker versus Shanna. We have Dax Harwood versus Jungle Boy. Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. Hangman Page versus Ryan Nemeth, as in Hot Young Briley, if any of you are following, was <laughs> next. Um, Dolph Ziggler's brother. Yes, that Nemeth is on AEW tomorrow night. We have Jericho and MGF, J- MJF versus the Vasty Blondes. Cody addresses Shaq and John Moxley is in action and Darby and Sting will address the street fight. Um, there wasn't as much substance to this one, not as many kind of clever digs. I feel they may be running out of material a bit. <laughs> that being said, Tony Khan is still so entertaining and was just pushing the obnoxious character up even more. He just seems like this... He, he was doing a lot of kind of hand gestures, like pointing at the screen and stuff. And he just seems like this, yeah, this nerdy dude. kid taking on the big bully, <laughs> right? It, it was quite entertaining. But Tony Khan seems like a very, I mean, and, and maybe this is just like the, 
you know, what, what he's presenting on screen. He just like in, in this specific segment, it seemed like just a very like awkward, like awkwardly funny dude. Like, yeah, like you mentioned, like he just, you know, st- st- standing like uh, shoulder to shoulder with uh, Tony Schiavone, like try, try, trying to big up impact with, with along with Shivani like hey right Tony you agree with what I'm saying right Tony and you know uh, t- Tony Connell he, he seems like a very uh f- funny dude on screen like just you know like like you said just like yeah I, I, I don't know what it is but like I, I think these uh these paid ad segments have done very well um it, it does kind of seem like they may be just running a little short on material as far as coming up with those little you know jabs at impact wrestling but I, I think they still have a place on the show yeah, I think maybe it's time to start switching it up and have some other talent maybe in these paid ads. Uh, I think like a, a Jericho would be very entertaining in these. I don't know if they're putting in someone of that star level on impact, but um, but as these are pre-records, it's something you can just do at AEW and send over, right? Uh, mm. It does feel like they're kind of running out of ideas a bit with this, but still, I, I like my Tonys. They're entertaining. I, I, I think something that would be uh kind of cool is like wh- while they're doing the pay ads, like maybe like Scott Demore just pop up in the middle of one and just like completely just cuss them off. I, I think that'd be something funny that uh, that, that could be uh, enjoyable right there. Like buys out their ad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have Matt Cardona and Josh Alexander backstage, and Brian Myers approaches them. So ah. it only took a couple of weeks to see <laughs> Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins back together. Um. He's kind of just talking some trash to them. And he says that he's upset that Josh Alexander picked his Janetti mm. and walks off as Cardona calls him bad mood Brian. Um, what did you make of this? Are we going to get a Myers Hawkins? Sorry, a Myers versus Cardona. It's all these names down the line. Uh, my, my versus Cardona, Cardona. I think it could happen. Uh, I, like it is it, gonna be weird. Like I mean, like we, I mean, we, we completely passed the whole, you know, the, the, this idea that you know, I mean, like basically what I'm saying is like the, the, them feuding on screen. It's gonna be so weird. Like when their podcast drops the next day and they're like all like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, but 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 I mean, it, maybe they could make it work. And you know, him calling him, uh, Miles calling Cardona his Janetti, uh, was was, was uh that, that that was quite the bold shot right there, sir. Uh, you referring to yourself as the Shawn Michaels of the group, mm. but uh, but we, but we shall see how this turns out. I I don't think they're gonna end up facing each other. Like, isn't Car- um, Alexander is facing Fulton next week, correct? Yeah. On next week's show, okay. So yeah, may, may, maybe they'll get to it somewhere down the line. But I I think this is maybe just you know just a segment just to like get get it out the way because like it was it was inevitable that this was gonna happen. I think we're getting it at no surrender. I think we're getting the singles match. <laughs> I really do. We go to our next match of the evening. Brian Myers versus Eddie Edwards. Um, this came about last week when Brian Myers called Eddie Edwards a, like, a, what did he call him? Like a backyard wrestler, not a real mm. wrestler. And Brian Myers is the professional, the most professional wrestler. Um, so from these words, Edwards actually tries to kind of take the, the match the mat and tries to actually out wrestle Myers instead of doing his usual brawling and actually has the better of Myers for the early portion of the match. We have this um, atomic drop followed by a really nice looking over the head belly to belly suplex from Edwards sending Myers to the outside and then hitting 
quite a nice Tope Suicida sending Myers flying up the ramp. Um, didn't look like your usual just push one. It, it looked like a decent suicide dive for me. Um, Myers returns to the ring and hits a vertical suplex for a two count. And then Myers goes to the outside and trips Edwards' legs, um, posing for a little bit to a chorus of canned boos. I will say I think Impact have the uh, piped-in noise at, at quite a good level. It's not obnoxious. It's just yeah. kind of a bit of background noise. I'm I'm quite impressed, actually. I think it, it does help the product a little bit. Yeah, um, it, it, it doesn't take away from the show. No, absolutely not. And it's not really over the top. It's just subtly there. It, it works. Edwards hits the backpack stunner for a two. Um, Eddie is kind of selling his shoulder and elbow from the barbed wire match. And then Edwards, in a turnover events, just puts his thumb in the eye of Myers and then starts biting him. So in six minutes, 11 seconds, Brian Myers defeats Eddie Edwards via DQ. Uh, this was kind of a bit out of nowhere. What, what did you make of this, Andrew? <laughs> when, when he started biting him, I was like, this is so in line with Eddie Edwards' Eddie, Eddie character. So... Like yeah, I, I didn't even bat an eye at it initially, but we, we, like I, I didn't know biting somebody was a DQ. I didn't, well, I didn't, the, I, the thumb in the eye and the bite—it's you got the five count, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. But like, well, like when I saw the, like the biting and all that stuff, I was like, that's like very in line with Eddie Edwards' character. So I like, I, I genuinely didn't even bat an eye at it, to be honest with you. So you don't take this as any kind of character change for him, as far as uh, Eddie Edwards goes, or, or Brian Myers? Eddie Edwards. Uh, no, nah, I mean, I, I just think this is like something that he would do, like this whole hardcore persona that he's been presenting for the last uh, several years. I think this is just maybe they're trying to take it, take it to the next level where he's just like, you know, may, maybe obsessing with it just a little bit more than he has in the past. Like I like like I did, this just didn't, you know, make me turn my head or be like, hmm, like I wonder what this is. It just seems like that's that's something that Eddie Edwards would do is bite Brian Myers in the, in the middle of a match. I kind of saw this as a as a bit of a character change, maybe a, a slight sort of heel turn. Um, sure, it, it does match his kind of hardcore style, but this was... He is the baby face here, and this was meant to be him proving that he can wrestle, you know? And I think as soon as he saw that he can't do it, he had to resort to these tactics. Um, mm. The way he was walking up the ramp, kind of with the... The sort of blood in his mouth and stuff. The smirk on his face and stuff. The smirk on his face. It felt like a bit of a character change, which I'm hoping he doesn't become another Sammy Callahan, Eric Young, Cody Dean. You know, there's a lot of these just weird psycho dudes in Impact. (laughs) Um, But Eddie Edwards is someone who I just feel feels a little lost since since coming out of that title picture. He, He seems a bit just floating around in nowhere. So maybe a character change is the right idea. Um, but his, his title run was so short. It was like, it was, it was so short. And like, I feel like when he won the title, that was like a very momentous thing for him. Like, I feel like that, that, you know, that, that did a lot for the Eddie Edwards character, him being the world champion at that time. But then they just took it away just like that. So like, it, it's kind of no surprise. Like he's at where he's at. Like it's, if he, if he is indeed, lost and they don't know what to do with him right now but you know i like what the, the thing is that this character this eddie edwards character that he's been presenting over the past several years has been like very within that hardcore you know bubble and him mm. doing stuff like this so that's why i really didn't kind of bat an eye at it but it would make sense if this is him like you know 
Brian Myers trying to take him out of that comfort zone to where he has it in his head that he can't quote unquote wrestle anymore. So he's just resorting back to what he knows. And what did you think of just the kind of bulk of the match before the finish? Um, it, it, it was kind of, you know, I mean, it, it was short, so I, like it wasn't really anything to like take, like, to, like really deep dive into. Um, but I, I am interested in seeing a longer form uh, match between Myers and, and, and Edwards. I think they could really put out something decent. We go backstage and see Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles preparing for their Fire and Flavor Fest. Uh, Hogan is upset because they haven't sold that many tickets and all the tickets they have sold are only to the ugly people. Uh, Tasha's trying to make her feel better when Johnny Swinger walks past wearing a toga like this cheetah print toga and he's with a few ladies and they're going off to swingers palace to have a bit of a party and the segment ends with kira saying she thinks she has a really bad idea um i guess we'll break this all down later in the in the actual segment itself we go to another backstage segment where we see matt hardy with private party matt hardy saying you are number one contenders for the impact championships because of my mentorship uh private party are trying to take some of the credit they're like hey look well we we hit the gin and juice and we hit hooked both legs for the pin hardy goes yes hook the boat both the legs that's what i've been telling you i'm so glad you've been listening to me and taking my advice so taking Mm -hmm. the credit even more he talks about a tag team battle royal that's going to take place on, on dynamite where the winners will take on the young bucks at revolution Matt Hardy. Yeah, I was about to say that that's on the Beach Break show, right? That's on, on Beach the, Break, right? Yeah, yes, that's on a, the Beach Break show. Two weeks, not, I believe. That's 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 gonna be interesting to see. Man. Like, you think it's gonna be some uh, Impact tag teams involved in? Or you think that's gonna be strictly uh, AEW thing? Honestly, I think it will just be a AEW. Um, mm. It'd be nice to see some Impact talent there, but yeah, I think I, that, I was about to say maybe it could be like kind of a return to favor type thing for Private Party being yeah, in the absolutely. Impact who who would you have as that team? <laughs> you do Sabin and Storm. Oh, oh that, that, I mean, see, like, dude, where's Alex Shelley, bro? Mm. Like, yeah. like if if they, if they could have Motor City, like, oh, see, like, now, now I'm thinking about uh, David. Could you imagine if fans were in attendance for a Revolution show, and then they have like they have all the teams in the ring, and then they announce that they got one more team left, and then Motor City Machine? Oh my goodness, can you imagine the pop? Could you imagine? I think we stumbled upon maybe what the plan was. <laughs> I, th- I think you could be right. Um, we'll, we'll get to Shelley and Sabin in just a bit Ooh, because. Yeah, you, um, oh, oh yeah, I, I, I keep forgetting. But I don't know why I said AEW doesn't have a crowd. They do have a crowd, but I just meant like in the sense of like a full. I, I know what you mean. A full, yeah, full yeah. arena. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, that, but, but that, that that wouldn't be a bad idea to be honest with you. Like if people think it's going to be Sabin and Storm, and then it uh, ends up in Shelley. I think that could be a great idea. I, I really think that works. Um, Davy and Andrew with the pin absolutely (laughs) Matt Hardy says that he's putting a bounty on both sets of tag team titles and says that he'll take 50% of the winnings here 30% at AEW because AEW pay is way more than Impact Wrestling (laughs) and more money more money more money it kind of felt um, I guess these were taped before last week's Dynamite weren't they it, because, it, it, seemed, it seemed like it. 
because you still had private party here see kind of being a bit like oh, i don't know about matt hardy here whereas from dynamite last week they seem to kind of be full-blown heels they kind of accept hardy's advice whereas here they're still kind of ah you're, you're taking a bit too much money and it's not all about you um so maybe just a little messy continuity there because of just the taping structure but these things happen mm. we go to tenille dashford accompanied to the ring with caleb with a k versus rosemary with crazy steve R- real quick real quick dave i wanted to ask you like dude rosemary's entrance is cool as hell like i i, I, don't, I don't know why i like that that like stuck out to me like even more than the match like i was looking at her entrance i was like damn her entrance is kind of cool i was like i was thinking about like what that could be like if it if it was like a bigger production like if she had a AEW or you know wwe budget to kind of work with like how they would shoot that and present that like that whole like how she kind of rises up and then like it has the the purple thing going on and like that it, it, that shit is cool bro like her, her she has a really cool looking entrance i was just thinking about like what it could be like if she had a bit of bigger production uh to work with she's so committed as well in this role like she really makes it work I noticed today because I th- I think the song is pretty cool. It, it is. sounds it sounds really like Skyfall by Adele. Mm. You know the Bond theme, familiar. <laughs> I, I I think I've heard this before. That's why I laughed at it. I think I've heard this before. Oh, you've heard someone say that before. It, it yeah. just hit me tonight because I was like, "What is this song?" And then I was like, "Let the sky fall." I'm like, "All oh, right, yes, it is." <laughs> So the bell rings and Tennille charges right at Rosemary but gets caught in a sidewalk slam. Caleb immediately tries to get involved by getting on the apron to distract the referee. And while the ref is distracted, Tennille uses the camera bag. So the bag, like holding that that camera that Caleb walks around with. And she smacks Rosemary with it a couple of times, knocking her to the mat, but only a two count. Um, they need to weight this bag a little more. This looked very flimsy and didn't look like it really hurt at all. Uh, Tennille hits a neck breaker through the ropes to Rosemary. Um, Tennille is uh, hitting some punches and some kicks. She's working more of a brawling style here. Rosemary goes for a top rope drop kick, but doesn't connect at all. Uh, Tennille just sidestepping her. We then get the... I still call it the Emma Sandwich, the, the running crossbody <laughs> to the corner from Dashwood. Rosemary starts to come back with some clotheslines and a sling blade. Dashwood attempts some kind of tiger driver or tiger suplex, but Rosemary counters into the wing clipper as above, so below. And uh, Rosemary defeats Tennille Dashwood. Look, I, I'm a big fan of the, the knockouts division. But that something's in the water recently because I feel they've been off the last few shows. We, we go on about how much we love this division, but I I thought this was kind of sloppy. Um, and I I like I like both these women and I, I I like the division as a whole, but I feel Impact haven't really been delivering that high quality women's wrestling that I sort of expect from them, and which I see as being a calling card of their company as well. Uh, what did you make of it? Uh, am I on my own here, or did you kind of have a similar feeling? So, so I feel like the the match. I mean, of course, picking up a win always helps, but I feel like it did. Only it, it only helped Rosemary in this sense, and, and not saying that every time somebody has a match and they're losing, then they're supposed to 
you know, be on the up and up. But like I, I know me and you have spoken in the past about Tenille Dashwood and what we think she could be doing in Impact Wrestling and how she could be in that, uh, you know, that that title picture alongside Deanna Perrazzo, uh, you know, up a, up up in that upper echelon of the, of the of the women's division. Maybe the like, I, and, and I, I don't even think it has anything to do with the knockouts tag titles being implemented. I think they're kind of focusing in on the Kier and uh, Tasha versus uh, Havoc and the Veil storyline. Um, like I, I, I do feel like things have maybe kind of been off in the Impact Women's Division. Like I can't really pinpoint what it is, but it feels like they just haven't been focusing solely in on their women's division that they have, and they, they have a very talented, you know, division. Um, Maybe they need to, you know, like when was the last time, um, like you know, we seen like a a, a knockouts title match on TV. When was the, the you recall? Like I was the last one I recall is that didn't they do an Iron Man match? Yeah, wasn't oh, yeah, that on they TV? Uh, yeah, they, they, Jordan Grace and Deonna Prazo. Um, I I can't think of if we've had any others since then. Um, like, like maybe we need something like that just to kind of you know just to remind people you know what they're over there that they have a very very great division uh over there and and like i think another thing is that like I mean, i'm pretty sure we're gonna get into this within the next segment but dude like i've just i just want to see kira and tasha wrestle like <laughs> like dude they're, they're the knockout tag team champions i'm i'm ready to see them wrestle like i i know me and you talked about this last week i think this should have been the first thing like the first the first night they uh they brought the impact tapings um, after winning the tag titles. I think they should have probably started this off with a title defense, give them a quick win, establish that they ain't coming to play, and yeah. boom, there you got it. I, I agree that there's something just off with this division for me at the moment. I think uh, I like the idea of having a, a knockouts championship match on TV. I wouldn't. I know we've just had the tag tournament, but I wouldn't be completely against some singles tournament to set up a. Uh, opponent for Diona either just just ways to get wrestling out there because I mean this wasn't a very long match and there isn't a whole lot of great story going into it I I, I don't know if they just weren't kind of inspired and kind of phoned it in a bit or what but something's just not hitting with me with this division and I, I really like the talent they have in Impact it's just you, 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 as I say, you know what's funny about that David like you can kind of even you know, harken that back to uh, or, or relate that to um, AEW's women's division and how that's kind of been in the same mix. Like, I kind of feel like they they've kind of been in a in a rut. Like, and, and I mean, I, I know people have been critical of AEW's women's division for quite some time. Like that, and something new. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like them uh, announcing that women's world title tournament. I feel like that's that, that's how you do it. Like, literally, right there, you you get people excited about that. And people don't, and they haven't even announced who's in it. And people are already excited about the the, the prospects and who could possibly be in this tournament. You know, what I'm I, I think that I think that's a good way to to get some excitement back. What I love so much about tournaments is you don't need a whole lot of story. You don't need to overthink it with like an influencer gimmick or a fire festival gimmick or any. You don't need to overthink it. The story's there. You win the match, you advance to the next round, and you want to. Keep winning matches so you get to the final and you win the title. So there's always the stakes on the match. And that's why I personally like tournaments. And I think something like that could definitely help. Um, that's coming on, on Dynamite soon, right? That they yeah. announced that tournament. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that will definitely help. And I think maybe just do the same on Impact because 
something's off right now. Mm. We go backstage and we see Larry D, who is out of jail. He's with <laughs> AC Romero. <laughs> Romero's saying, oh, it must be so nice being out of jail. And he's like, nice? No, I would never have been there if Rosemary hadn't cast that spell. And then Crazy Steve and Rosemary come back and start laughing at Larry D, laughing at AC Romero. So Larry punches Steve right in the face and AC gets into Rosemary's face and says, you're lucky that we don't hit women and walk off. So I guess we're now getting a a Larry D crazy Steve match coming up soon. Um, is this story over now? This, the, it's Ty Valkyrie and she's in jail and we can move on. But Larry D, I guess, is looking for justice for his false imprisonment or something. Just, just end it, please. <laughs> just like we can, uh, we we can cut this segment short. We can go to the next one, Dave. <laughs> Absolutely. Do we want to? We're now back in Swinger's Palace, which is Johnny Swinger's locket that, room. That He's with Falabar, Johnny Johnny Bravo, and these random women, and they're all playing poker. Swinger has the roll of money that was won. Uh, from that arm wrestling match back in 1984. Um, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles come in and she asks Swinger to, to come along. He's like, what? Well, I'm invited. I, I get to come in the ring with you ladies. She's like, yeah, you've got a ticket now to Fire and Flavor Fest. He asks if he can bring the women along and they're like, she goes, yes, absolutely. Bravo is now coming along as well. Everyone's coming. Except for Fala Bar. Fala asks if he can come too. And they go, ah, well, we don't have any more free tickets left. You'll have to pay for one. But the only money he has is one single poker chip that Johnny Bravo steals from him. So they head to the ring and leave Fala Bar left on his own looking sad. I know you love some swing, man. Do you want to take this one away? Uh, you you, you want to know what I'm I'm going to be uh kind of critical of the swing man this week. I, I I didn't enjoy his segments as much as I usually do. Now I, I think his overall presence adds to the segment, but specifically speaking on him, I, I didn't enjoy the these uh stretch of segments uh his stretch of lines like I normally would. But it, it wasn't bad by any you know I'm, I, I I can't go too hard in on the swing man, but you know I I just didn't enjoy these stretch of uh, segments and his lines, his little one-liners as much as I have in the weeks prior. I agree. I think the, the seeing Swinger in a toga was kind of <laughs> enough for me this week. And then, then I'd had my fill. We see... Oh, D- hey, did, did, did you catch... What, what did he call Falaba when he walked off? Did you... Did you, did you oh, hear I didn't what catch said? that, no. So, so I, I, had to, I had to make sure I was hearing what I was hearing because I I I, saw, I had pulled up the chat and I saw a lot of people was asking the same question. They were like, "What the hell did he just call Falaba?" So I had I saw one person mention it and I had looked it up, and he he called him a ham and egger. That's what he said, and and and, and that's basically a person that's of little importance. Okay. I'm gonna just encourage I'm, I'm gonna just encourage Swingman to uh, properly pronunciate his words next time because. It's a, hearing that in uh, hearing that in regular speed, that 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 wasn't pleasing to the ear, and I thought I heard some. So 
I'm going to just, yeah, oh, just say okay. that. I, yeah, I'm with exactly. you. I'm with you. Exactly. <laughs> um, looking it up, apparently, I, I've heard the term before, but apparently it is actually wrestling slang as well for oh, jobber. It is? Yeah, it's a okay. slang for jobber. I guess that old, old carny talk oh. of Johnny Swinger. Right, right, on, right on cue with Swinger. We go backstage with Diona Perrazzo, Kimberly, and Susan. Diona's saying that she tapped out Tyra at Hard to Kill, and now she's in jail. Yes, Ty Valkyrie is in jail for the attempted murder of Johnny Bravo. She says, last week, Kimber and Susan defeated Jordan and Jazz, so it's time to celebrate. But that's when they're interrupted by Jazz and Jordan, who said, we're far from done. This rivalry is not over. And Jazz gets in the face of Susan and says, look, what am I supposed to call you? Susie, Sue Young... And Diona cuts her off because she doesn't want to kind of awaken one of those beasts within Susan. So Susan actually challenges Jordan Grace to a match next week and then asks, why did she touch me inappropriately like that? Um, I think Susan's really good in this character, actually. Um, and yeah, we're getting a some sort of match next week. Jordan Grace and Susan. Um, Su- Susan, uh, Sue Young, she's extremely, extremely talented. Like, do, do you? Th- I, I kind of got two questions I wanted to ask you. So, firstly, do you think her being so, um, you know, well versed in these different type of characters, do you think that can be kind of like a disadvantage at times because they can just easily, like, not focus in on one specific character and growing that, opposed to they could just like switch her just into anything at the drop of a dime. And, and 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 also, who who do you think is going to be next to challenge um, Diana Perrazzo for the title? Do you think they're going to go back to Jordan Grace again? Maybe I I don't really see who else is there unless it's because you've had the Sue uh, Sue Young Susie match a few times, so I don't see them doing that turn yet. Um, Jordan Grace, I'm trying to think. May you've done the Rosemary match already, I believe, haven't you? At one of the Impact Plus pay per views. Mm. Uh, I mean, who would there be from AEW you'd like to see tied up? Mm. I mean, I mean, I, I feel like the, the 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 one that I know Deanna keeps asking for is Britt Baker. But like, I, I okay. can like really see Britt winning the the AEW Women's uh, Title Tournament and challenging Sheeta. Um, I, I I think it's surprising that and not not to get too off topic, but like I was just saying, like I think it's surprising that tournament could possibly be Rio. I think I think she might be. Uh, surprise in that but like as far as um Deanna Perrazzo goes like I, I don't really see anybody in the division right now that's like you know that's like interesting to but outside of Jordan Grace you know to run that back at you know assumingly um the the, the no surrender show now I, I'm pretty sure they don't want to keep Deanna off of that I, I wouldn't keep my uh women's champion off that show so I mean they, they, they probably just want they need to build somebody up like quick to yeah you know, to, to present mean- I would say maybe Havoc, like get get this tag feud done because we've, we've been going back to that match quite a few times. I'd see her as being a good threat for Deonna. Um But everyone else seems to be kind of in that tag team or mid-low card field right now. Um, mm. Dream you, matches, you, you, you AEW, who- I think Serena Deeb, Deonna Perrazzo would have a fantastic oh, match. Oh, That's something goodness. I really want to see. Bro, they... they, they, they- they would kill it. Serenity, she, I think, well, now I'm, I'm not going to say that, like try to downplay Deanna Verraza. I was going to say she could get a get, get a real good match out of Deanna. I think Deanna could have a 
you know, great match in their own right with anybody. But you know, like, I, I think that would be a real solid one. Like I was thinking of like people that they could bring in um, from AEW that ha- haven't had the chance to be fully established. So a loss wouldn't hurt them. I was thinking like maybe like a red velvet could come in. Yeah. Like maybe you could bring in a, a Diamante possibly to, you know, challenge. Um, you you, you want to know somebody who I think would really, really be great in that role. Like as far as like coming in from AEW and representing AEW and coming in the challenge for the knockout title, Big Swole. I think she yes. would fit real, real nicely in that. Yeah. And she's a great baby face who can, you yes. very quickly heat up a feud just in a couple of weeks. I, I think you could be invested in a Big Swole Diana Parazzo match. Let's move forward. I know we really want to talk about it. It's the Fire and Flavor <laughs> Fest. This was so bad, bro. <laughs> yes, quite a few years removed, and we are still kind of riffing on Fire Festival. Oh, boy. We start off with MC Licious. Lord have mercy, bro. Like, what? <laughs> AKA. Alicia Edwards, she's introducing this thing. Um, go go and read John Cena's report on the on the post wrestling website to to find out exactly all these uh, hot words Alicia Edwards was spitting. I I can't even I can't even with this segment. Right, let's let's try and get into it. So we've got Alicia Edwards in the MC for the Fire and Flavor Fest. And she says, let's get lit and make some noise for our new knockouts tag team champions, Fire and Flavor, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Now, we see all the other guests to this festival. We've got Johnny Bravo in some kind of masquerade mask. You've got Swingman in his toga. You've got these (laughs) random girls we see on Secu- a table security on the outside got security there we see a lot of kind of uh styrofoam containers like food containers that are just on a table <laughs> a a bucket full of champagne I- i'm guessing it's more just sparkling wine i doubt they got proper champagne here and the referee right away says this is a dumpster fire and kira comes back correct. at him with your outfit's a dumpster fire Bravo calls Tasha Steele's abroad, which gets her all um, all worked up. And then they're trying to pass out the different food they've got. They said they got wings, they got sweet potato pie, lemon pepper chicken, and they got it from Foreman's of Nashville. Now, I'm pretty sure last week they said they were getting food from Atlanta. MC Licious takes a sip of the champagne, but spits it all out. You have Swinger, who all he's got is... uh, Sorry, I think it's Bravo has got a slice of bread. They're just, um, yeah, riffing on the uh, Fire Festival. What was it? Ham sandwiches they got at that thing or whatever. (laughs) Uh, Kira and Tasha then says that they're all ungrateful. And on the outside of the ring, we see Marshmallow Man sat down. Someone in some big inflatable suit. And Tasha's getting all in Marshmallow Man's face. They think it's Father Bar who's tried to sneak in. The head comes off and it's revealed to be Nevaeh. She hits Tasha. Kira is in the ring, turns around, and Havoc takes her out with a clothesline. So you've got Havoc and Nevaeh standing tall. I I don't think I did this segment justice at all. Um, (laughs) 
Oh, this was horrendous. Just so bro, bad. Bro, it, it, like this was not good in the slightest. Like, and, and I feel like it was just bad material, like just to work with overall. Like, I just don't think the material with Kira and Tasha had to present that they had anything even remotely decent to work with. Like, I, I felt like this segment could have been easily saved by cutting it maybe like five minutes short. And just immediately cutting to the chase of um, Havoc and Nevaeh just coming in and just straight up brawling with Kira and Tasha. Like, uh, like just off the rip. Like, may- maybe they fool around for a little bit and maybe it still would have been corny in-, in that sense. But I felt like it would have just helped this segment so much if you would have just got straight to the point of Havoc and Nevaeh. Like, they they lost and, and they want the, the knockout tag title. So they just coming out there and they just about to wreck everything. And just leave it that so like we, we could have done without the, the the marshmallow person in the costume and you you know the, the Bravo out there whatever the hell Bravo was doing in, in MC Lish, bro come on man like what the, like the, like I'm telling you like I like I know I said this earlier like Alicia uh, um Kira and Tasha off the break as soon as they won the titles that the first thing I would have did with them title defense on the first show having to get a big win established right out of the gate. They're a legit tag team. They ain't come to play. They about to have a good uh, reign as tag team champions. And I, I think that would at least kind of alleviate any of the, you know, the, any of these segments that we've seen with them backstage or in ring over the past several weeks. Because I, I know even you said it. I remember you saying that the, the main thing with them is you don't want to strip away their personality because mm-hmm. that's going to take away the whole shebang. Of it. it's, just, it's not going to be good if you take away who they are. Right. But at the same time, I feel like Impact is not doing a good job of really highlighting the strengths of Kira and Tasha. Like, yes, they can be funny. Yes, they can be comedic. Like, but, but I feel like Impact really isn't hitting on those, and they're trying to like force it a little bit, like force that like party atmosphere vibe that they bring, you know, to TV. And I feel like they need to really maybe scale back on that just a little bit and really establish, dude. Like, they're the dude. They're the first knockout tag team champions in how long? Like, they need to establish. Yes, yeah. the, you need to establish these titles, and like, I feel like. Maybe that match against Havoc and Nevaeh should have happened. Maybe they could have rematched it, uh, you know, the, the second week of tapers and not, you know, directly the first week. But, yeah, th- th- this segment was bad. It was not good. Um, I did not enjoy it. And I think they could be doing so much better with uh, Kira and Tosh. From what I remember, they didn't win the titles by doing anything heelish, did they? They they won it clean, from what I yeah. remember. So yeah, it was like one of those baby face, you know, moments after they won. Exactly. And... and- most of the tournament, they seem to be winning like that. So they got a big win showing that they are a legit tag team, that they're not just sneaking away with this. Sure, like, they've been a bit obnoxious since, which is riling up Havoc and Nevaeh. But this, yeah. this feud, we, we've seen these matches so many times. And this whole segment, uh, poor Alicia Edwards, she, she's just not good. She's not good <laughs> on the mic. And they've given her a speaking role once again. Um... Everyone was kind of talking over each other. There, there felt like there was miscued cues and stuff. I, I don't get it in wrestling why so many wrestling promotions try and do the thing where it's, oh, it's so bad that it's funny, like it's deliberately bad. I'm so, when it when it comes to wrestling, so much of it is bad. You can't do that humor that is deliberately bad because it it just goes in the same category as bad. For me, and I, I, I was going to ask you, like, do you think that that's that's what they're trying to present from Kira and Tasha? Like, they're just the annoying, 
people who won the tag team championships and they just won't be quiet about it. Like, I, like, I mean, I mean, I feel like that could be a way to go. But like you mentioned, like they, I don't think they were being presented as such throughout the whole tournament. Like it was like babyface Kira and Tasha, like all the way, like people were legit rooting for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, this just, everything was wrong about this for me. Uh, and it, it's a shame because I, I love Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. I think they're fantastic, but right. this is all going about it the wrong way. And this is definitely, I think an early front runner for worst segment of 2021. <laughs> but, but I mean, isn't, um, yeah, I, I think Tasha is wrestling next week. I think she's wrestling either Havoc or Nevaeh next week, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I've so. got the next week just, uh, st- oh, it's the tag match next week. It's Steels and Hogan versus Havoc and Nevaeh. There we go. So, <laughs> she's about three weeks too late, but <laughs> here we go. This is, I think this was, this was, uh, this is the thing that should have happened. So, do you, so, so it's a non-title match, right? I believe so. Yeah. So yeah, you 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 know it's coming, right? Champions about to get pinned. They rematch it at No Surrender. Probably, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels like they've been reading Raw's rule book recently. So yeah, <laughs> probably. We go backstage where we see Chris Sabin and James Storm. They're drinking some Bud Lights, uh, talking about all the crap that's been coming from Matt Hardy's mouth. And James Storm asks Sabin, "Are you done with them?" He said, "No." I'm not done with them. He asks his beer. Is my beer done with them? No, my beer's not done with them either. We are not done with Private Party. Saban says that we may not be the Motor City Machine Guns or Beer Money, but we are going to be future tag champions. Storm says, well, as my dad always said, when life gives you lemons, throw them away and get a bottle of Jack Daniels. They then do shots and it doesn't look like Sabin takes shots that often because it burns for him. But what I read from this was the kind of James Storm-Sabin pairing wasn't a one-week thing and it feels like Shelley might be out for a while and this is the direction they're just moving into now. Is that what you took from this as well? Yeah, I mean, now that you kind of put like a little bit of, you know, your 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 your, your opinion on it, I kind of, you know, I'm kind of the same thinking. Uh, but first, first, I hope Alex Shelley's good. Like, I know he didn't mm. like really specify like what was, you know, what was going on. He said he did. He said it wasn't anything, you know, COVID related. So, you know, that's positive. Uh, we we can hope. But, you know, I, I'm I'm really hoping to see Alex Shelley back at some point. Uh, obviously, the tapings are already filmed. Yeah. Hopefully we get hopefully we get him back at, you know, no surrender or, you know, we, we get that uh, that scenario. We, 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 we uh, cooked up earlier with him popping up in the tag team battle royal at, uh, at, at Beach Break. But yeah, man, uh, I don't really have an issue with Saban and Storm teaming. I kind of like the dynamic. Like you got the, you know, the, the the country boy teaming up with the, you know, the the good old forever forever baby face and, and Chris Saban. You know, he he said uh, it was one funny line. He said he was like, you know, you uh, go ahead, go ahead, drink this Jack. You know, put some hair on your chest and shave it off and look cool on TV. <laughs> like, it was like, well, you know, just just one of those little funny little uh, quirks from uh, from James Storm. But yeah, I'm interested in this team, man. I, and I think that. Once um, the Good Brothers, um, wait, wait, let me ask you, you, you don't think it's a chance that Private Party going to beat the Good Brothers, right, for the tag titles? I don't think that's going to happen. No, no, I, yeah. I don't see Private Party taking it, no. But yeah, I, I, I do like our thinking earlier that maybe these two could challenge the Bucks. Yeah. Because right, I, I, I feel this was probably meant to be Machine Guns versus the Bucks and the Alex Shelley situation, they've got Storm in, but I, I imagine them continuing with that direction. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I was about to say. I, I, I'm, I'm with the same thing that you are. 
We go to Tasha and Kira, who are backstage and so angry about what happened during their Fire and Flavor Fest. But they say it's okay. We still got the championship and we took all that money. But the referee comes and says, you kept none of your promises and I want a refund. Uh, Kira fakes looking for the money and just tells him to fuck off, basically. Says, you're not getting it. I've taken your money. Uh, And thankfully, that's enough of that for tonight. We go to our next match. Joe During with Violent by Design taking on Cousin Jake. The bell rings and During beats down Jake immediately. There's this scoop slam and then he runs chest first against the rope, bouncing back into an elbow drop on Cousin Jake, which looked quite unique. Uh, During then is choking Jake over the middle rope as Eric Young is taunting on the outside. Jake leaps to the outside but tweaks his knee. He hits his spear in the corner and then During hits, I think he's calling it the eraser. It's the the running cross body or the divide as Killian Dane calls it. There's then this double choke throw from During and then the Death Valley driver but in releasing Jake he holds onto the wrist, maintains wrist control, and hits a big lariat. Joe During defeats Cousin Jake in 3 minutes, 13 seconds. Davey, we ain't ever getting that push, are we, brother? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I This is the first I've really seen much from Joe During. Um, still kind of on the fence with him, but I did think that yeah, this, Death this Valley driver lariat mm. was pretty awesome. I thought that looked really cool. Um so still think this guy can maybe convince me, but what did you think of the match before we go into the the post? Yeah, the after stuff. Um you you, you know, I, I think they this was this is what they should often do with Joe During. Like just just let him go out there and go. Because obviously he can do it. Mm. Like just let him go out there and just like put him put him in there with people that you know that, that you think he bounce well off of. And I think uh Jake something or cousin Jake is one of those people. Like I, I'd be very interested to see him work with a smaller guy like Joe Duran. I, I want to see him work with a like a Rich Swan or you know even a Trey Miguel. Like I'm interested yeah. to see how that, how that dynamic would work because normally those dynamics when you have a bigger guy and a smaller guy they always work really well in wrestling. It just seems like that just you know a natural natural chemistry right there. But yeah, Joe, Joe Duran can obviously go. So like yeah, just let him go. And this guy's <laughs> like, big. Like cousin Jake is a big dude, and he looked yeah. small compared to Duran. Well, how tall is Duran? What is Duran like six seven though? Like. Let's have a little look. During height. Oh, it comes in meters. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> he, I, I, I think I think Stryker said on commentary that he was like six 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 seven. Oh, it's saying here he's six four, which he looks a lot bigger than that. Um Impact It's it's ring. them cowboy boots. It's the cowboy boots. After the match, Eric Young applies the heel hook to cousin Jake, and then Dina comes in with a steel chair, wraps it around the leg of Cousin Jake, but Eric Young stops him. He then gets in the face of Jake and says, this world doesn't belong to you, it belongs to us. And he hands him a violent by design towel. Mm. So kind of giving him a gesture that maybe you can join with us. The world doesn't belong to you, but it can belong to us. Mm. So... Maybe we'll get this cousin Jake push. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, you you, you want to know what I was thinking, Davey? Like maybe because I, I think me and you are kind of the same thinking as far as like 
we think that he should be a singles talent, like on his own. But maybe this is how we kind of get to that. Like maybe he just just gets driven to a point where, like we we've kind of even seen this um on WWE TV. I don't think it's been like executed that well, but I think it's kind of like of the same vein. Like as far as like retribution is uh, doing to Xavier Woods or what they were doing to Ricochet. Like they were kind of yeah. just targeting him to the point where like where they were hoping that he would just give in and eventually just join the group because he couldn't take getting beat up every week. And I think that's that's probably what we're going to see uh, with the uh, Violet by Design and Jake something. Like, they're just going to keep whooping his ass every week until he's just like, like okay, I got to give up. Like, I'm, I'm joining. And then maybe he kind of joins the group and kind of maybe starts to outshine or gain more favor with Eric Young than Cody Dinner has. And maybe that kind of starts some dissension between the two. And then maybe that's how we get to that Jake something part where Cody Dina just kind of snaps like cause it, it, it's literally becoming may, maybe the Deaners all over again where Cousin Jake is kind of like that standout, you know, and everybody's kind of rooting for him and Eric Young's taking his side over, you know, uh, over Cody. And then maybe that's mm-hmm. how we get to that Jake something singles push. Yeah, you you could also have him kind of just infiltrate the group, right? Like Daniel Bryan Wyatt's style. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not comparing Jake to Daniel Bryan. Oh, right, right, but, right. right. <laughs> uh, but you, you know what I mean. Kind of yeah, go with the group for a little bit to eventually take out the leader is something they could do. Or he could just be another crony for Eric Young. We'll see. So on next week's Impact, it is announced that we have uh, Jordan Grace taking on Susan, Josh Alexander taking Madman Fulton, Steels and Hogan taking on Havoc and Nevaeh, Private Party and Matt Hardy will be there and we'll have TJP versus Rohit Raju in a non-title match. And that leads us to our main event of the evening. We have Moose, Sammy Callahan, Ken Shamrock and Chris Bay taking on the team of Rich Swan, Willie Mack, Tommy Dreamer and a surprise partner which, as we announced earlier, it turns out to be a returning Trey Miguel. Yes, Trey, Trey Miguel is back in Impact. A very, very nice surprise, man. Uh, I'm, I'm like I, I know we mentioned it earlier, but I'm glad this didn't leak out or this didn't become something that uh that that, that was known about, you know, because obviously they don't have fans at the tables, and I think that's you you know, but, 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 but that's what happens when they're at the tables. These things just come out because people were there before they get yeah. there so like I, I this is a good thing man I'm, I'm glad to see trey back in impact uh I, I definitely think they got plans for him um maybe he gets you know just thr- thrust into that mix with uh moose um swan and, and and mac and uh and chris bay and sammy callahan and you know just add more depth to that uh world title picture yeah i, I see him right in that uh world title picture and it, it's kind of nice that the rascals aren't there so he can't kind of get sucked into team mm-hmm. matches or anything that he is just now on his own as a solo star um i think we'll see this guy really shine they, they, and, and they changed they the changed his theme song too they did yes the and he's still he's got his kind of miro blonde dyed hair <laughs> going on he works it he works it i think i don't know if i could pull that off <laughs> the heels start by working on mac and just attacking his injured knee for quite a while uh, Moose powerbombs Bay on top of Mac at one point, kind of showing that teamwork, but they don't really like each other kind of vibe. Uh, Trey Miguel gets the hot tag and fires up on Callahan. There's a mandible claw and then a leaping 
cutter stunner kind of thing from Trey. Looked very cool. Um, Trey then goes to the top rope, but Ken Shamrock comes in. He jumps over Shamrock's head, but gets caught with a belly to belly. Swan then enters illegally with a series of kicks. Then Dreamer runs in with a cutter to Callahan. Chris Bay hits a top rope cutter to Dreamer. Willie Mack hits the stunner on Bay. We then get the spear from Moose to Mack. And then a missile drop kick from Trey to Moose. Trey and Callahan are the two legal men. They're going at it some more. And Callahan goes for the package pile driver. But this gets countered into a Hurricane Rana for the pin and the win by Trey Miguel. 10 minutes 54. Uh, I thought this was a pretty fast-paced match. It kind of gave most of the shine to Trey, which I think was the right thing to do, given that he was the surprise return. Um, what did you think of it? Yeah, man, I, I basically think this match was the spotlight. Trey's return, as it should have been. I think this, like, th- like this is something that should be happening. In, I mean, I mean, it, it, and I'm not saying this hasn't, but like, I think this it should be like the formula for when you got a uh, returning returning talent or somebody that's fresh like i think you should and, and if you involve them in this type of scenario i think you should strictly focus the spotlight on them like and and this like you, you can kind of tell this match was all about trey and building to that big hat tag for trey and you know him getting back in the impact ring uh like i i, I think this was real decent the way they you know they formatted this and the way they planned it out and mapped it out and yeah man trey, trey fits right in in that world title scene like you it, it was literally impacts five main eventers in the ring as far as or, or, or a few of them at least um and, and yeah like i mentioned earlier that is tommy dreamer guys, one of those five <laughs> apparently he is uh, on what's the name on his birthday he's about to be one of those main eventers you were mad I, I'm, I'm not even gonna say it hypothetically i was like what, what if he uh <laughs> what if he be rich <laughs> tommy dreamer <laughs> book it <laughs> I say t- t- Tommy Dreamer could definitely do it. He got the t- Dreamer with the pin. Hashtag Dreamer with the pin in the chat, folks. Dreamer yeah, man. with the pin. But, but yeah, man, the, the, I, I, they they booked. Um, you know, they, they, this is for Trey Miguel. It, they did a good job, and uh, I'm glad to see him back in Impact. Absolutely. After the match, Shamrock punches the ref and applies an ankle lock to him. Um, as commentary just goes, no respect for officials, no respect for anything. And Impact very abruptly goes off the air. Um, according to Sino uh, Evil in the Twitch room, that uh, Impact put on their Twitter that after the show went off the air, they yeah. showed a video of Shamrock who continued to attack officials and even attacked Callahan as well. Um, weird how abrupt this finish, considering it's taped. You could have definitely cut one of those many Kira and Tasha segments backstage. I thought it, if just to have Shamrock attacking more people and attack Callahan seems seems kind of a big deal. Um, very strange end to the show. I thought. Yeah. Um, so so like are they, are they trying to like rebuild Ken Shamrock as like maybe a contender to, to, to some, and I don't think a title, but like, uh, like it, it, it kind of like, of course the, the, I think the match portion from bell to bell was about Trey, but it felt mm. like, you know, coming into it and everything else was kind of about, you know, re, not, not even repackaging Shane rock, but it just felt more about Shane rock. Like I'm thinking like, what are they trying to 
get at with Ken Shamrock or is it just a like or am I just looking into it and it's just a simple thing that they just want to keep presenting him as the world's most dangerous man and stuff like that yeah um I mean I I think you could be right I think they're building up a 56 year old Ken Shamrock to take on brand new world champion 50 year old (laughs) Tommy Dreamer I think that's what we're getting (laughs) <laughs> that, 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 that's going to headline the rebellion uh, pay-per-view oh yeah Omega. oh yeah uh bad episode i thought andrew um really yeah, not good yeah. none of the matches i mean there were moments like i liked i liked that whole bit in the main event where everyone was just getting their shit in and hitting the moves that was pretty fun uh uh trey miguel's return and his hot tag was cool but really nothing like none of these matches i tell you to go out of your way to see that i mean i'd maybe tell you to watch the fire and flavor fest just to see how bad it was um really unfortunate because i I think we we came away from last week's pretty positive about the show and this week just didn't hit for me at all um they really need to kind of realize what they want to be do they want to be a bad episode of raw tribute act or do they want to be a wrestling show because when they do stick to wrestling it, it tends to be pretty good yeah no nah, i agree man and uh and i said i'm gonna send my apologies to the people that was listening to this in the beginning i was kind of rough with the answers man because i like i mean th- this like this episode it just wasn't like interesting like it, it, it is kind of hard to be like and I'm, I'm pretty sure you know this davy as someone who does podcasts like consistently and uh, on, on the basis that you do, like I know when the show's not interesting, sometimes it can be difficult to kind of be focused a little bit when you're recording because it's like, what, like what the hell did I just watch? And, yeah. and, and <laughs> so, so yeah, it was kind of like one of those things for me where I had to like kind of get my wits as far as like what the what the hell did I just watch as far as this impact show? And and I'm, I'm not saying it was like the worst show of all time. Like it was like just a you know it just wasn't a good TV show. And I mean that's that, that's that's the shit that happens sometimes. Uh, but I mean. Like the, I would say, like the only thing of note is the the main event, and I, I would say just to, just to see you know Trey McGill come back. But I'm pretty sure you can see the highlights on Twitter. They put the finish up on Twitter, so I mean you really don't even have to you know watch the show. But yeah, man, I, I think Impact needs to focus more on the in ring product, and, and I think specifically in the women's division, I think that's what we're going to get back to next week with the knockouts, uh, tag titles, and stuff like that. That scene kind of picking up uh, where, where it should have started. So. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm Davey. I'm gonna get this show. Uh, I'm get this show a five out of ten, man. I, I think I'm gonna go a three. To be honest, I, I really didn't enjoy this show. I'm mad at you, bro. And I've been on a bit of an impact kick recently. I, I'm trying to give these guys a chance, but come on, come on. Mm-hmm. Let's Davey, uh, any um. I'll just add some funny any um predictions uh you got for the main event of uh the Rebellion pay per view. What's that in like four months, three months from now? <laughs> Three months from now, any uh, predictions that you Oh, have, sorry, what take? do I think the the main event will be? Yeah, yeah, for the Rebellion pay-per-view. It's got to be, surely that's the Omega singles match, right? Right. Mm. I think you, I would go, personally, I'd go with Moose. I'd go Moose Omega in mm. April. Um, mm. And then I think you could probably throw in a tag match there as well. You probably... Like, do you do Bucks Good Brothers there, or do you do Bucks Good Brothers on, uh, on AEW? Man, see, I definitely think Bucks versus Good Brothers is 
man, I, I, well, I, I can't say uh, Revolution because the winners of the the Beach Break um, Battle Royal are gonna get the shot of the tag titles at Revolution. But maybe, maybe we we could see the Good Brothers insert themselves in that. But they headlining that show with Omega, so uh, yeah, I, think I, I think you've got maybe a bit more time because there's that res- like they haven't fully done the split between Kenny and the Bucks yet, have they? Right. And right. I think but once you do that. I know you great. No, I was just going to say once you do that split, or what about a six man and you have Hangman and the Bucks against mm. Kenny and the Good Brothers? That could be cool. And, I think that, that, you've got that, that, three that months that you could get there, and I, th- I think the way AW tells their stories, I think that's that's a good length of time with some interesting matches along the way before you get to the big one. I think that is a, a cool dynamic right there. And then you wouldn't also, if they want to, you can always have the the pivot of the Dark Order kind of getting upset because Hangman is signing with somebody else and not them after they went all out to try to recruit him. Like you, you that that's a that, that that's a cool, cool AEW got some like they, they they got they got more leg room to work with in an Impact storyline than. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's the problem right now, isn't it? It it really looks like Impact to just this punching bag. We've got these. These paid for ads week after week, just shitting on their own, on the product it's on, which was funny, which was fun, but we haven't seen any retaliation yet. We've now got an AEW team challenging for the tag titles in Impact. Uh, I, I feel like I say this every week, but we we need Impact to bite back at some point. Like, they, bro, they they need to like mix it up. Like, the, okay, they, like you can say the Good Brothers are that defensive Impact, but dude. Like the, the Good Brothers were supposed to be in AEW. Like, it, it, like this legit feels like an AEW storyline opposed oh. to any like anything Impact related. Like, you, I was about to say, but you were you kind of the same. Uh, thought oh yeah, I I see Anderson and Gallows as Team AEW. <laughs> you know, like you you watch one of their like talking shopper manias, and even when signed with Impact, they're just shitting on Impact and saying that they want to be an AEW. Like, I see them as a. Uh, as an AEW team, and that's kind of how they're booked with being with Kenny. They're yeah. they're Don's boys, right? Yeah. Um, still, uh, I'm still interested. The fact that we've we've been talking after we kind of wrapped up this review for the last ten minutes about where we see Impact and AEW going, it it's showing that at least for me, I'm still intrigued in this overall angle. I just think mm-hmm. Impact really need to kind of buck their ideas up on their weekly TV. So I'm, you should be coming out of a show and being interested in the AEW versus impact storyline, as well as just general impact storylines, because yeah. impact is an afterthought on, on a Wednesday night. Sure. We're, we're, we're interested in that story, but we're also interested in what everyone else in that cast is doing. Um, and we really need to see impact starts going that direction. Let's see what you guys thought. We put up feedback every Tuesday night, forum.postwrestling.com, where you can leave all your thoughts on Impact Wrestling. And we start with Chris Elliott. He says, Hey guys, so I think tonight's Impact was probably the worst I've seen in recent weeks. The first hour and a half had a generic WWE light opening, followed by an average at best set of segments. Then came the fire and flavor segment. That was excruciating to watch and a contender for worst of 
and contender for the worst of show come the end of the year. Hell, mm-hmm. I'd even take the Charlotte Lacey Evans angle over this garbage. At least we had the Trey Miguel surprise, which I thought was cool. The chat in the Twitch co-stream I was watching, seen as Impact won't show any of their official stream in the UK, seemed to be largely disappointed it was him. However, it seemed to be filled with largely casual fans. The main was alright, however, I couldn't get rid of the bitter t- taste of the rest of the show. Just for you, Andrew, I give it three mavens getting destroyed by The Undertaker hey. out of ten. Wait, wait. Shout, shout, shout out. Shout out to you. Shout out to you for the, for the, for the maven reference. Everybody knows that maven's the goat. We all know this. This is, this is common knowledge, Davey. And Davey, if you got any slander to say about maven, we throw hands, brother. Oh, I love maven. I love Maven. I just like pointing out that he did not win the Rumble in 2002. (laughs) And then we get a comment from Jordan Beatwell who just says, good work, David and Andrew. Well, thank you very much. Shout out to Jordan, man. Jordan, good dude, man. Shout out to him. Um, Jordan, Jordan, I owe you that uh, that Instagram live or podcast, too. I owe owe you one. We're going to do that. Absolutely. Um, Well... I'm going to be talking to you in just a couple of days, Andrew, because we do have our Rumble game coming up. But before we give that one final plug, uh, any final thoughts, anything you'd like to say, anything you'd like to promote? Uh, you just catch my uh, my rim work over at postwrestling.com and then uh, I'm going to be uploading some more interviews uh, to the channel uh, over, over the next couple of weeks that I'm excited about, man. So, yeah, just uh, stay tuned and support your boy absolutely well thank you once again andrew for joining us um we this is a kind of a revolving position but it's yours as long as you want it so we'll hopefully have you back next week but if not we'll have someone else in your in your hot seat um finally before i go we've got a whole load of shows coming out this week i'd like to promote obviously Uh, By the time you're listening to this, it's probably Wednesday and we'll be having Shot in the Dark with Ceno Evil coming up on this feed. That's where John Ceno talks all about all the shows that you may have missed over the last week. He'll be talking about 205 Live, AW Dark, ROH, uh, New Japan Strong. I'm pretty sure he watched the uh, Super Spectacle, the NXT India show, if you will today so that will all be on tomorrow's shot in the dark and then tomorrow night our flagship show up next twitch.tv forward slash up next podcast will be live at 10 15 p.m myself and brayden harrington or you can download it wherever you find your podcasts then on thursday we have another bd elite where we'll be talking about aew that'll be 1 p.m on the twitch stream and then thursday night the main event the up next rumble 30 people battling it out in trivia to see who's the best. It's winner takes all. Every man for himself. All those cliches. Who will be the sole survivor of the Royal Rumble? The up next game. That'll be this Thursday, 7pm Eastern Time on Twitch. And then available for patron listeners. Then Friday... I think we have another free show. We're doing a review of Batman Forever. That'll be out on this free feed. And then Sunday night, Royal Rumble 2021, The Watch Along, followed by The Post Show. We've got a lot. It's a busy week. Just check out our socials at Up Next Podcast. Follow the Facebook group, Up Next Podcast. Follow myself at Davey Portner. Follow at AD Thompson underscore underscore. 
follow my usual co-host at Braden Harrington. Just follow everyone. So much, so much to come. And check out our Twitch streams because we always have other stuff coming up. I believe Hogan and Sino are going to be putting on uh, another episode of The Other Guys where they're talking all film and TV this Friday. We've got a lot going on on Twitch. So just subscribe, follow. Um, I've plugged my heart out tonight, so I think we'll wrap it up there. But this was Deep Impact. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Andrew. Take care. Be safe. Oh, boy. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Hey there, BreezeLine has a holiday gift just for you. One month of free internet for all your family's gift sites, book flights, and movie nights. Get reliable, fast internet with speeds starting at 100 megabits per second for just $19.99 a month. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way home for the first 12 months. And your first month is free. BreezeLine wishes you all a happy and bright holiday season. If only they could give you a little holiday relief from all the matching family outfits. Service subject to availability. New residential customers in select areas only. Visit BreezeLine.com for complete offer details.